The pie shall be cut in two, and each man shall receive death. <gasps> I'll eat the pie. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And it is way too early for this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, welcome you to episode 65 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy. What are you laughing at? You said it's too early for this bullshit. I'm thinking about our Grand Magus videos. How does balls in here? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to reference um, Danny Glover. Too I'm old too old for this shit. shit. <laughs> Perpetually too old for this shit. Uh, so let's start with some old... Old business is old business, and new business is new business. We ain't got no old business. Yeah, ain't got shit. Yeah, it, it seems like the, the entire music world is kind of effectively shut down for this part. So, let's go on to new business, which I have a clip for that too. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until... Next quarter. There was not very many album releases. Okay, There were actually a handful of releases. I'd say about 10 to 12, but a lot of them were best ofs, re-releases, and stuff. And those are ones that I normally don't cover. Yeah. Um, I did start listening to one by Circle of Dust, but did not listen to enough of it to really give more than just a... It's good. And I don't want to do that today. Although I'm feeling in that level of... Awakeness and consciousness. <laughs> that level of fuck all. Yeah, just like uh, just, it, 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 it exists. I could listen. It's there. I could, I, you know. Um, so I don't. You guys said you don't have new releases either, right? No. Okay. Uh, so so far, this is like the best show we've ever had. Us, <laughs> knock it out right now. Let's go. That's, that's right. Just bang it out. <laughs> um, so now that that business is done. I did a business. I love that clip. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what else we're listening to this week. Well, I adjust my microphone. Nothing. No. I... <laughs> Nothing. <funny>. Next. <laughs> next. Next. Next song. segment. <laughs> that. That's the clip I need from Tenacious D. Next song. Just next turning song. Turning this shit out right here. Um, I was listening to some Amon Amarth, The Seer of the Gods and Yom's Viking, Blood Ceremony, Lord of Misrule, the Pope Star EP from Ghost, because of Lindsay and. Burning all of my in this moment, I listen to Beautiful Tragedy. Protest the Hero, Pacific Myth, Gojira Magma, and Kill Switch Engage and a Heartache because of um, a band, a UK band called Boomin. Uh, they did a really amazing acoustic cover of Rose of Sharon, which that, I post on the Facebook page. Say, is that the one that you posted? Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. I did not listen to it. So. And of course, Metallica Hardwired and Self Destruct. Mm. Pete, what you listen to? So I was prepping for the concert I was supposed to go to this week. I'll get into that later. Uh, so I'm listening to some Abbas and some Ex Mortis, Right of Forth. I listened to um, Iron Maiden, The Book of Souls, because I was sitting in my office realizing I hadn't listened to that album in months. Um, so I threw that on, which made me lead into actually listening to Iron Maiden, Final Frontier, which is another one that I have not given enough attention to, um, aside from the tracks that bookend it. Um, Metallica, Hardwired to Self-Destruct, for reasons. Sex Knuckle, Unearthed. Um, that is a great record. Sex Knuckle we saw uh, a while back. A while back. Um, that was the Ponza Christ show? Yes. Okay. 
Um, but man, that album fucking rules. Yeah, it does. Like if you want, if you want some like modern era grungy shit with some deep female vocals, that's that's your album. Yeah, she's she she was really good. And uh, the last one I listened to was the Dark Sarah album, The Puzzle, um, which is it was a new release that came out about two weeks ago. We didn't get the cover because we didn't get the listen to, listen to it unfortunately. Uh, but it's a new project, the latest project from a former singer of Imperian Dawn. Yes. And uh, I had shared the video with Lindsay because it featured um, JP from Northern Kings, uh, Caron, and um, the original vocalist for Poison Black. And him looking all super badass, top hat, and shit like that. But it kind of played out, and, like the song played out in a way kind of like um, Reaper of the Genetic Opera or The Devil's Carnival, which I don't know if you've. We've talked about this. We have not seen it. Yeah, uh, definitely check out the Devil's Carnival. I mean, try to disregard the fact that Ivan Moody's in it. Actually, he, he's one of the better parts of it. So he's like, I don't even know who Ivan Moody is. I don't know. He's a singer of Five Finger Death Punch. Good. That's why I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it kind of has that similar vein, that very kind of dark play vein. Um, and I showed it to her, and she was so enthralled by it that she ordered the album from Amazon. So I was like, Oh, cool! I didn't know we were getting this. Awesome! Hooray for us! So I us me yay us so, <laughs> so that's I'm really glad she keeps her Amazon gift cards so <laughs> so, so that became a thing um, so that's it for what we're listening to this week we're just going right on to it general news let's go okay so Adam Sagan who has played with Circle to Circle White Empress Into Eternity and Witherfall uh, and who has written for Drumhead Magazine has died as a valley T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma a blood cancer. He was only 36 years old. Run! Where is that pussy cancer anyway? It's, right. been, it's been a long time since I've had to use that clip. Well, it comes up again later. Oh, you suck. I know. Yeah, you're starting off the thing with just the worst. I things. know. We're starting off a really bad show here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, here's, here, here's a fun one. Uh, Dave Lombardo will hold down the drum chair on Late Night with Seth Meyers from Monday, December 12th to uh, Thursday, December 15th. So he's the latest of uh, metal... And rock drummers who have been sitting in on that show. And, and just the way that's worded is very funny. He's going to hold the other drum chair. Whoever's actually playing the drums, not not yet announced. Mike Portnoy. <laughs> this is like a 30-minute long intro for that show. <laughs> just get a cardboard cutout of Mike Portnoy. <laughs> put it behind the... Uh, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. One more, if for we, one of our videos, we yeah. should definitely have Mike Portnoy just kind of in the background. Yeah. Or like like have the cardboard cut out and then one at one point just have him actually there and not even make reference to it. <laughs> we uh, we should just invite him to the show because he'll do it. He probably would too. He'd be like that'd be hilarious. I could play that. <laughs> Listen, Mike, we're, we're we're part of the Shred Shack. I could play that. We're not a band. We're actually a podcast. I could play that. Damn it, Mike! You listening to me? <laughs> him or Chris Adler at this point. Yes, yeah. we, we have a new challenger, the MP. <laughs> All right, here we go. Legendary musicians and music industry executives will join together to be inducted into the annual Hall of Heavy Metal History on Wednesday, January 18th, 2017 at the Anaheim Expo Center, Anaheim, California. Television and radio personality Eddie Trunk will host the event. Proceeds from the event are being donated to the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. The 2017 Hall of Heavy Metal History inductees include Ronnie James Dio, Rudy Sarzo, Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot, Lemmy, Ross the Boss Friedman from uh, Manowar, 
Vinny Apice, Don Airy of Deep Purple, uh, Andy Zilligen, who is the president and CEO of uh, Sabian uh, Symbols, and Randy Rhodes. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty okay lineup. Yeah. Sounds like a super group. Yeah. <laughs> I, it makes me happy that, that, that Dio's the first name there, because, duh. <laughs> it makes me wonder what, what took so long for some of these other people. I don't even know what this one is, like this Hall of Heavy Metal history thing. Like why is Randy Rose just now getting in? Yeah, did this just open up or? Yeah, I was gonna say this. This, this sounds like like the like the, the first grand year. opening. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I'm pretty sure uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, Dio's... it would have said the inaugural, not the annual. Yeah. So, but I mean, if, if you snub Dio now, I'm pretty sure he's been around for like 40, 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of fucked up, dude. Emerson Lake and Palmer's Greg Lake has died after a battle with cancer. He was 69 years old. Lake is the second member of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer to die this year following the suicide of Keith Emerson back in March. Just fucked up, dude. Somewhat related to that, um, since they're progressive rock. Um, in preparation for a video that I'm doing, I pulled up a, a solo from uh, Rick Wakeman of Yes. That man. <laughs> that man's got fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but he, was, he, was on, um, he was on one of the Ariana albums recently, right? Uh, I think he might have been on the, the solo the, project. I think he, I think he did a theory of everything as well. Oh, okay, but either way, like, like there's a there's a solo of his from like 1991, and it's just like, how are you pressing the keyboard that fast? Mm. Like, how, how are your fingers not breaking off? Uh, <laughs> Here's one for uh, Peter. Mm -hmm. Disturbed, <laughs> yeah, was the okay. most played act of 2016 at the active rock radio format. According to industry metrics, <laughs> just interrupts. <laughs> According to industry met metrics released by MediaBase, which monitors and analyzes airplay in over 180 U.S. and Canadian markets on both terrestrial and satellite radio, the band's success was bolstered, bolstered, by several chart-topping singles from its 2015 comeback album, Immortalized. Including its massive hit cover of Simon Garfunkel's classic, The Sound of Silence. Who the fuck wrote this? Like, uh, oh, this is copy and paste. I know, but I'm like... Oh, this is probably, uh, probably Blattermouth. The uh, other number one singles from Immortalized includes The Vengeful One, The Light, and Open Your Eyes, all songs I have never heard. In addition to being the most played artist, Disturbed also had the second most played track at Active Rock Radio with The Sound of Silence. I fucking hate this next tune. I really fucking hate it. Yeah, no, that I actually like really like that clip because it actually captures the sentiment of everything about this little piece of news. Yeah, I mean, I, I love these little bits bits of news just to kind of like get you guys all salty. I'm not. I'm not gonna scroll through my things, but you know what? Like, it's not surprising and and good undisturbed for for their success. Just, I, I wish. Better bands have that kind of Again, success. Bands yeah. like the Stirred, Five Figure Death Punch, and Into a. If you say crossover appeal, I will. Yes, it is not. not actually, to tell you, it's not just a crossover appeal, but it's good for bands like them to be successful because, you know, people who don't necessarily listen to metal will it's listen the, to them the and then drug. get further into it. It's, that, the, it's the gateway drug. Yeah, and that, that's a fair point. I'm just gonna say that their cover of Sound of Science is an objectively bad song, and I wish that I, I, that wasn't I, so popular. The, I've, I've heard, listened to Kiss every once in a while, and I've only heard three new songs on that station. Right. Two of them being a Metallica song, which is cool. Right. They started playing it's, stuff it's from Hardwired on, on, on a regular basis. And the only other new song I heard on that station was The Sound of Silence. I heard the end of it, and 
I, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. It really is. <laughs> I don't understand how that's the most played track, but okay. It's really, it's really bad. Go listen to the original one, People of God. Right? Like, what's the fuck? It's so, so much better. What was it? So salty. <laughs> I played it. I played it. <laughs> go, go find the cancer one again. I don't... Was there more cancer in this? Last one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why am I awake today for this? Black Sabbath guitarist Tony Iommi will be undergoing some surgery in the near future to have a lump removed uh. on the back of his throat. See, this is where I would like to play this clip. We ain't found shit! Because I'm tired of them finding cancer. Yeah, well, they, they, they found a lump in the back of his throat. And even though he is in remission for his initial lymphoma, he has to get this taken care of next. Shit, bitch! <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I want you to do a podcast episode where you don't say anything. You speak entirely in clips. <laughs> as much as you'd appreciate that. Um, actually, I need more clips for that. <laughs> I need significantly more clips. You know, at this no, time, no, this is, it's good. At this time it's next good. year, at this time next year, we'll do that. I will have enough clips by then. We'll do all clips. Okay. It'll, uh, just be, it'll be it'll be like our clip show, our lazy our lazy episode. Yeah. <laughs> or do like a do like that episode of um, South Park where they killed off Chef and all they did was just recycle older lines from yeah. that case. Well, that is uh, the end of general news. So let's go on to recording news, and I'm really excited about this first bit. So. First bit here: Alice Cooper has begun recording demos for his next studio album, which may or may not feature con- contributions from the surviving the surviving original members of the Alice Cooper band, which is bassist Dennis Dunaway, guitarist Michael Bruce, and drummer Neil Smith. During a recent interview, Cooper revealed that he started tracking demos for his new disc on December 5th with longtime producer Bob Ezrin once again behind the boards. I'm pretty sure that for his previous album, and maybe for everything that Alice Cooper's done since then, I thought Bob Ezrin was retired and came out of retirement just to do the last one. I think he, I think he came out of retirement to do Along Came Aspire 2, or not, what's the one? Welcome to my nightmare. nightmare. That's what I'm saying. Like he did, yeah. he, he came out of retirement to do that album, and then figured like that was a one and done. But I guess like him and Alice Cooper got like you know packed with the devil. Yeah. So and um, I fucking adored the last Alice Cooper album, not counting Hollywood Vampires because I haven't heard all of it. But man, I need a new Alice Cooper album like now, like now. Oh, then you probably get one next year. I oh, I'm excited. Well, here we go. <laughs> Sepultura's Roadrunner Records years will be re-released as a new six-disc or LP set titled The Roadrunner Albums 1985-1996 through 1996 on January 27th via Rhino Records. Which is weird, because Rhino Records is releasing something from Roadrunner Records. Uh, the band's debut EP, Bestial Devastation, will share a disc with uh, their full-length Morbid Visions, which is the way I have it. Uh, other albums included are Schizophrenia, Beneath the Remains, Arise, Chaos AD, and Roots. There should be like a band that like covers songs like that, but does it really just bored? Roots, <laughs> bloody roots. <laughs> like uh, no. all, all the instrumentation Stop. is done by Kazoos. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! There probably would end up being a market for that. I hate you for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it doesn't already exist, I, I was uh, I, I went through uh, Psycho Sticks YouTube page yesterday, and they had um, a song about Mega Man done as a parody of Hearts Magic Man. Oh, <laughs> he's a man, man. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so that works, and, and I, I feel like anything, anything could work. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Rule Thirty Four. If it exists, there's porn for it. Yes. Yeah, sure. If it exists, there's a cover for it. 
Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if an instrument exists, if a way to make noise exists, it has been it has been used to make a song at this point, or to cover another song. Last bit here, Rex Brown will tentatively release his debut solo album in May of 2017. Which, we've been talking bits and pieces about that for a little while. Yeah, it's supposed to be 70s rock influence, so I'm probably going to love it. Yeah. And, and, and Rex is going to be singing. Although, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Although, maybe he'll swerve and he'll also get like a... Like a 70s female rock vocalist and then you'll be like oh my god I can't handle all this oh yeah just it'd be all sorts of like <laughs> me yeah there, there would be there would be so little blood in your brain at no, that point it's all going straight to the penis oh yeah alright so let's talk about crowdfunding um, which you're gonna update one and then I actually have one to talk about oh shit man it's prepared well not really not really not but really anyway but we're just uh, gonna keep up on the whole um, Mike Williams kidney transplant and hospital bill uh, crowdfunding. Um, not much has really happened with it uh, since last week. Um, I don't remember what the number was last week, but he has gone up to $69,275 of their now pretty extensive goal of $150,000. Mm-hmm. Remember last week we, we mentioned that he's had some additional health problems in addition to needing the, the kidney surgery. He had to have a whole bunch of other things done, and he's not in very good condition, and he's still in the hospital. Uh, there hasn't been an update on his condition since last Wednesday where we uh, found out about his internal bleeding and um, bleeding ulcers and all that good stuff. So we will still track this until the very end and we'll keep you guys updated as it progresses. Um, the one that I'm going to cover, actually I don't even necessarily need to, to discuss it because of, well, because of the fact that it's already fully funded. But uh, I listened to a small clip of the, um, the intro video and their music sounded amazing, so I figured why the fuck not mention it. Um, Seven Kingdoms, they are a... Um, I love that band. Yeah, they're working on a new release. Um, awesome. Like I said, the little clip of it I heard sounded fucking amazing. Um, their goal was for $13,500. they have already surpassed it with 15643 with over a month left to go. And this is, like, I haven't even contributed yet, but I'm going to because, again, all the rewards listed on here are really fucking good. Which, you know, that's me being the greedy motherfucker that I am. I like to, to give and get. So, um... <laughs> but, like, There's I, no paying it forward for Dan. He's well, like, no. what, what are you going to do for me? Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um... At the lowest setting, if you pledge $20, you get a copy of the CD and a poster of the artwork. Like, a full-size oh, poster of the yeah. artwork. Um, which I'm considering. Um, but, like, you know, T-shirts, posters, there's vinyl in here. If you're telling me that they're an awesome band, a little bit I heard was great. Um, well... I only heard a little bit of them too but it came out about two years ago with one of the new seasons of um, Game of Thrones coming out because the Seven Kingdoms is yes. where, where Game of Thrones takes place yes. and they were just they put out um, seven songs to get you excited for the new season of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and Seven Kingdoms was one of them and I think it was their song that was the best so um, but it also says that it's a limited release so um, if you are a fan of the band and you want to get on top of this, I'd say that this is the time because it may not last beyond the Kickstarter. Um, I don't have any links to it because I'm actually using the Kickstarter app, which is fucking awesome, by the way. Hmm. Um, but definitely look up Seven Kingdoms, Decennium, limited release. Again, it's already been fully funded, but you want this. You know you want it. Mm-hmm. That is it for crowdfunding. We will talk about more of the Seven Kingdoms thing next week. Um, let's go on to concert news, starting with festivals. Festivals, Festival. all right. There's a whole lot of stuff that came out this week. Didn't get to all of it, but let's just say it's one of those things where you wonder what year it is. Um, 
First one up, Soundgarden, who's going to be headlining Friday. Def Leppard, who will be headlining on Saturday. And Avenged Sevenfold, who will be headlining on Sunday, will headline the 7th Annual Monster Energy Carolina Rebellion. Set to take place May 5th through the 7th, 2017 at Rock City Campgrounds at Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. This is also another festival with a wide range of awesome and eclectic artists. You might want to just go to the website to see the full list. Did you write that last one? I did, yes. Okay, I was going to say, like, I don't think awesome, eclectic, and Def Leppard in the same sense. <laughs> well, like I said, this is one of those, like, the festivals that are coming here to America are now getting really, like I said, wide-ranging. I mean, you, in the same same festival that you have, like, Soundgarden, Def Leppard, and Avenger Sevenfold, you also have Gojira, Opeth, and Amata Mark. So, uh, it's... As long as they still keep it within the rock category, you know, they're, they're not bringing in, like country yeah well sure <laughs> it, it'll happen it'll happen yeah. one day well it already happened it, yeah <laughs> behemoth I think yeah that much. <laughs> behemoth's gonna be the next is gonna be the next country crossover guy i mean he's gonna be like right up there with like aaron lewis yeah oh, fuck. <laughs> and steve tyler <laughs> <laughs> how was that that's steve, don't call steve Austin. <laughs> 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 Another Monster Energy uh, Festival here is called Fort Rock, which is set to take place Saturday, April 9th, uh, April 29th and April 20th, and April 30th, Saturday and Sunday, at JetBlue Park in Fort Myers, Florida, is South Florida's biggest rock festival and will be led by Def Leppard on Saturday, Soundgarden on Sunday, and A Perfect Circle, and will feature performances from over 25 bands on two stages, including The Offspring, Mastodon, Chevelle, Seether, Papa Roach, Three Days Grace, Ultra Bridge, and more bands from the 1990s. Uh, you failed to mention Ripper Owens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because it's, it's sponsored by Monster Energy Drink, he's just not going to show up everywhere. I don't know. He is Monster Energy Drink <laughs> at this point. The physical embodiment. He's the physical embodiment. <laughs> he just got like, a little tap he's on the, his arm. He's <laughs> the embodiment of Monster Energy Drink. The avatar of Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> it's unnecessarily powerful. <laughs> The first announcement has been made for the 2017 New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. The annual event will return to the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts on April 22nd, 21st and 22nd. This, and this year will feature, on Friday, April 21st, Testament, Sepultura, Prong. On Saturday, April 22nd, Sabaton, Catatonia, Hammerfall, Amorphous, The Lane, Battle Beast, Leaves Eyes, with many more band announcements to come. That's that, that Saturday lineup. That that yeah, that Saturday lineup is yeah, the shit. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, granted, this year we're seeing most of them, <laughs> so which is really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sabaton, you guys are seeing Catatonia. You're probably gonna drive to Austin. I'm to I'm, wanted, I'm I'm seriously considering driving to Austin for that one. Hammerfall, Amorphous. I'm excited for Amorphous. Yeah, I got tickets. We got tickets to all of those. Yeah. Well, I I didn't get tickets for Sabaton, so. Well, I. I we as a collective got tickets to all of them. Don't tell at least one of us. Don't, don't include us. Don't include at least one of us has tickets to at least all those shows. What? <laughs> <laughs> Douchebag. I go. All right, the annual Monster Energy Welcome to Rockville Festival. <laughs> there it Festival. is. Fucking serious. There it is. <laughs> we'll return next year on April 29th and 30th, at the same time as uh, New England Metal Festival here. Uh, the Metropolitan Park in Jacksonville, Florida, will play host to the event. 
Here's a list of just a few of the bands playing. Soundgarden, Def Leppard, Perfect Circle, The Offspring, Mastodon, Chevelle, Papa Roach, Seether, Three Days Grace, All the Bridge, The Pretty Reckless, Coheed and Cambria, Pierce the Veil, Mount Amarth, and many more. That's I think nice. Opeth is on that list, but they're on the very, like, I think, yeah. They, okay. were, they, were, they were, like, well below Five Finger Death Punch. Um, yes. As a matter of fact, Five Finger Death Punch has not been mentioned in some of these festivals. They were already mentioned, I think, last week and a few other ones, but these ones that are coming out now, yeah. they are not part of. Good. Uh, this makes me think that I really, I really want to see the Offspring live. They're performing "Ixtay on the Ombre" in full this year. They did Smash two two years. I think yeah. they did. They, they came to the Paramount and did Smash before I left. I think. Yeah. Which, damn. Damn, I know, damn. right? <laughs> damn. If uh, all the albums from the '90s, that one is probably like right at the top of influential ones. I mean, honestly, like there's really only one song from there that I would definitely have to see done live. But anyway, go on. All right. Here's an unfortunate one. Concert promoter Even Co. has announced that Heavy Montreal will be on hiatus in 2017 in order to return stronger than ever on July 28th and 29th, 2018 at Parc Jou de whatever, and on July 27th, 2018 with Heavy in the City. Uh, Nick Farkas, uh, Vice President of Concerts and Events at Even Co. said, quote, several factors, including the renovations at the park, and the increase in cultural events during Montreal's 375th anniversary contributed to our decision. We truly believe that a hiatus in 2017 before strongly returning in 2018 will ensure the festival's sustainability as well as offer festival goers an addition that will make them proud. So apparently, um, Pat was considering going to this. which is He kicked out his business cards. How's he going to go to that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots fired, dude. You just made the list! <laughs> <laughs> but there is New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. I was going to say, he goes to that one every year, doesn't he? For yeah. the most part? That's yeah. a good one. Anyway, two bands have been announced for the upcoming 12th edition of the annual Amnesia Rock Fest, which will again be held in Montebello, Quebec next year. Taking place June 22nd through the 25th, Ramstein will be playing their lone Canadian date of the year as part of the festival. Also confirmed is The Offspring, who will be celebrating the 20th anniversary of Ixnay on the Ombre by performing the album in full. I don't know, a lone Canadian sounds like a great superhero. A <laughs> lone Canadian. A lone Canadian. Just um, me and my moose. What's with the name? Why is it, is it Amnesia Rockfest? Why is it called Amnesia Rockfest? And, and, and I swear, if you say it's because nobody remembers the reasoning or some bullshit, I'm going to fuck you up. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these <laughs> names nowadays for festivals don't make a lot of sense. stupid questions, you're going to get puns, period. <laughs> Period. Put him on again. Oh, again, second time. You're on there twice. <laughs> well, like I said, puns. It's too early for your fucking crap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just, just just shut up and go on to the next thing. Next segment. Uh, touring, okay? You good? I'm fine. All right. Hashtag no San Antonio date. Creator will headline next year's and uh, next year's edition of the annual Decibel Magazine Tour. I can't even talk this morning. Support of the trek will come from Obituary, Midnight, and Horrendous, with our regional openers and select markets to be announced next year. Awesome. Hey, I'm bummed that it's not coming around here. Well, I don't know. It'll probably go to Austin for sure. Um, I stand by my statement. No. I'm bummed it's not coming out right no, here. I, I, the last one... Wait, that was a decibel tour. Yeah, that's right? the one that with the bath last year. That was year, a bath, yeah. Year. So I would love to see Creator and Obituary together. That's that would probably be yeah. fun. Holy fuck, a San Antonio dead here. 
Testament will, mass, will launch a massive North America tour next April in support of the latest album, Brotherhood of the Snake. Support on the track will come from Sepultura and Prong. They're coming to the Aztec Theater. Hopefully there's parking on April 8th. <laughs> um, foreshadowing. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's, a, that's a definite. Yeah, I think that's way up there because on the that, list. That, that kills... You know, two, they just made the list. Two, two of the, uh, two from the bucket list. So. Yep. Guns N' Roses has extended its Not In This Lifetime tour well into 2017 with 35 new stadium dates in Europe and North America. The European trek kicks off on May 27th in Dublin, Ireland and concludes July 12th in... Nijim... It's in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. After playing te- in Tel Aviv, Israel on July 15th, the group will return to North America for 16 shows beginning July 27th in St. Louis and ending September 8th here in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. I am seriously considering seeing that. I will consider it depending on ticket prices. Yeah, well, yeah obviously. You know, I'm... I'm not gonna have Guns N' Roses beat the uh, the current record for the most expensive ticket they ever bought. Fuck you, Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, Bon Jovi clip. I know. Girl, you my bitch now. That's that's Bon Jovi to me. (laughs) Damn. Because I bought I bought tickets to see them twice, and it was the same price each time. It was twice as much as a fucking Ozfest show. What? I know, right? What? For Bon Jovi? Yeah. Bonzo needs to pay me to go see him. Fuck that. Killing out them bucks. Christ. That's, Fucking hell. That's why like, at, at the point when Richie Sambora left, he's like, I can just buy somebody else to pay to replace you. Get out of my band. All right, well, it has been confirmed that Opeth and Gojira will be playing a few shows together in the spring. Further dates are expected with an official announcement still pending. I think it was this past Friday that dates did come in and venues did come in nowhere near here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would because that that was the the show. If I were to see doing. one show for that year, it would be that one. It's kind of like the um, the Megadeth tour they just did with you know the the uh, with Metal Church and all that. And it's like we're gonna come everywhere else except for the Southern United States. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hashtag No uh, San Antonio Day Superjoint will embark on a U.S. tour in January. Support on the trek. Which kicks off January 12th in Austin, Texas, will come from Battlecross and Childbite. After the burial, Emure, Fit for a King, Fit for an Autopsy, and Invent, <laughs> Invent Animate, looks look set to be bring uh, the Carry the Flame tour stateside early in the new year with dates to come. A similarly billed European-UK to- leg of the, that tour will be begin in January. Fit for a burial, fit for an autopsy, fit for a king, fit for inventing animate, and immure. <laughs> <laughs> Head PE, still a thing, have announced a new spring uh, North America tour. Support acts have yet to be officially announced, but various venues have the trek as featuring Motorgrader and December in Red. Motorgrader? Yeah, Motorgrader. Like, I, I, I've seen, I saw Head PE two years ago. Like, I know they're still a thing, and apparently they've completely changed their sound up. Is that right? But Motorgrader... <laughs> Well, you know, Motorgrader, their first album featured a guy named Ivan Rudy on it. He was their singer. God damn it. But I think they've recently replaced him, or since replaced him. I actually didn't know that he was he was the original singer. Yeah. Which is funny, because I'm pretty sure we saw Motorgrader years ago at Ostfest. We did. We did. Wow, I saw I think, I think that was like right before Five Finger Death Punch became a thing. Really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, this is where I need that, that little, you know, the more you know sound clip. <laughs> 
two more things here written down, and then one more that I, I saw come up in uh, Bands in Town app, which is amazing. Uh, Galactic Empire, the crowdfunded Star Wars metal cover band, have announced some live dates, all in the Northeast, though. <laughs> all right, hashtag no San Antonio date. Nails will be back out on the road for a proper 2000 uh, tour in 2017 with Toxic Holocaust and Gate Creeper as support. Interesting. That that's the kind of show that will burn a place to the ground. Yep. But one that is not listed here that I did not see any official thing on any websites, but I saw in the Bands in Town app. Hatebreed and Otep are coming to town to the Paper Tiger, February 18th, I believe it is. Speaking of burning menus to the ground. You're right. The Paper Tiger is a, is a perfect place to see a band like Hatebreed. They yep. will burn that place to the ground. Pookie, we're going to burn this motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> the, the, the thing I'm thinking of right now is like the inside of it, you know, just being uh, a standard hardcore everybody's going fucking nuts and everything and you think oh I'm gonna go outside and, and get away from all this and there's just like a whole separate pit going on outside <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah cause like uh, the, the times that I've seen Hatebreed have been all in bigger places Terminal 5 was the last time I saw them with a uh, typo negative and that was that was like three tiers and then like a wide open space in the bottom yeah like the Paper Tiger is like probably half that I, like that one time that they played the downtown um we missed it, mm-hmm. but I heard that that was like a legendary show for what happened at that place. And, and the the downtown is now closed, so yeah. we're just gonna blame Hatebreed for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not the fact that the guy was apparently like all deep in cocaine and shit. Yeah, apparently he was a douchebag. <laughs> River City Rock Fest, they were there, um, and oh, yeah. they, uh, yeah, I was amazed by their performance. Like they just they know how to work a crowd yeah, really really well. Was just here this year, and she's coming back with mm-hmm. them and. That's actually a really good fucking bill, to tell you the truth. I would love to see Otep with, with Havery. That's a really good pairing right there. Yeah. Plus, if it's the only two acts that I saw listed, so who knows who else is going to be on the, on the bill, and if they get any kind of local bands to play, that would be pretty pretty cool, too. Yeah. Ever throw a, <clears throat> a pot of burning body on there? That would be fun. That would be fun. Next up, we got some one-offs here. Uh, Metallica will play a special intimate show on Thursday, December 15th, at Fonda Theater in uh, Hollywood, California. All proceeds from the sale of tickets to the show will be donated to Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. There's a lot of that. It seems like every bit of Metallica news now ends with proceeds go to, which yeah. is cool. This is very well, cool. I know, yeah. They're, they're really ramping up the whole uh, promotional train for this hardwired to self yeah. thing. And still no announcements of tours yet, but they are out there. Yeah. They are, they're, they're full frontal. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right for that penetration. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of that penetration, uh, I didn't actually read the article. I read the headline, and it was uh, a thing from M Shadows, I think, from uh, Vincent. Oh, how he's jealous of the marketing for Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Yeah, because they actually marketed the motherfucker. They didn't go, oh, by the way, guess what? Album comes out tomorrow. Bye. Drop the mic and leave. <laughs> That's not how this shit works. <laughs> Why didn't ours work? Because <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Douchebag. All right, next up. Megadeth will be performing on Late Night with Seth Myers on Thursday, December 15th. Dave Lombardo will be behind the drum kit that same day. No, so he'll be guys... holding down the, the seat. Yeah, oh, sure, right. right. Well, should... he'll be behind the drum kit holding down the seat. I was going to say, he should be holding down Lars from standing up all the time. <laughs> well, this is Megadeth playing. Oh, it's Megadeth? Okay. Yeah, this is Megadeth playing Seth Myers. Oh, then, then no, the, none, of the, none of the Megadeth drummers that they've ever had can be held back. No, never. <laughs> All right. Next up, Megadeth is rumored to be playing a special intimate show at the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn, New York on Monday, December 12th. One day ahead of the band's appearance at the Revolver Music Awards at Webster Hall in New York City. They're busy this week. It's got to be awesome to see 
a band like them of their status status seeing in a smaller place which thinking about it now like seeing Iron Maiden at Hammerstein was right? fucking awesome right because <laughs> that is a tiny menu compared to what they play now yeah and and the fact that they did it for like four shows like it's just well, yeah, we had to see it three of them. Okay. The fact that they were supposed to do it for four shows, <laughs> and we saw we saw two and four fifths. Four fifths, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like even like the clips from uh, Metallica's uh, show recently. When Toronto? No, 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 no. There, there was the one they did in New York when they started. Um, they might have done Webster Hall too. I think they did. Yeah, they, yeah I, I know small, there were some live clips coming up before the album came out and everything. Yeah. But just seeing that kind of band in a venue like that is just badass. Right. All right. Well, last one up here, Metallica. Lots of big four guys here. Uh, we'll be the musical guest on Wednesday, December fourteenth, episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live. The band will perform several songs on the show's outdoor stage in front of a standing room only crowd. Yeah. That. Speaking of playing small venues. This is going to be a big week for metal on late night TV. Because yeah. you got Dave Lombardo on, on drums for Seth Meyers. Megadeth on Seth Meyers. Metallica on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Rolling Stone just released their top 20 albums, top 20 metal albums of 2017, 2016. What? We'll do that as a discussion next week. Yeah, I was going to say. It's... The drum just... solo of life. <laughs> 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 the they just released it like Thursday or Friday. So. Yeah, that, that that sounds like something we're gonna do. We did it last year too, so that's when we all found out about the the Marilyn Manson album that nobody knew about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I forgot about that. All right, let's move on to heavy metal in the charts, which starts off on a like old business note. Honestly, well, it's, a, it's a it's a pretty positive note. Metallica's second week sales for their new album Hardwired to Self Destruct remain impressive, uh, with the band shifting from number one to number three spot in Billboard's top two hundred. But during its second week of availability, the album has moved an additional 70,700 copies. From the, how many was it last week? Like 290,000. Okay. So it's definitely going to go gold, at least. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. I mean, because again, this also does include streaming. Yeah. And, and things of that nature. So, and with their, you know, their huge marketing campaign that Avenged Sevenfold is totally jealous of, <laughs> they, they, should, they should be pushing gold pretty soon. Number uh, number one, the reason why Metallica has been knocked down at number three is a new release by uh, The Weeknd. Uh, and number two is a Pentatonix Christmas. So that is why Metallica, Metallica is at number three this week instead of number one. Pentatonix Yeah. Well, you go, dude, I'm just going to say, every time I come across a Christmas album, I'm just going to say Christmas album, okay? Actually, you know, I honestly have no quarrel with Pentatonix because I don't know anything else from them beyond their cover of Radioactive. And that... That cover is fucking amazing. I think they also did a cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. But like I said, everyone's done a cover of that song. So, But anyway, every time a Christmas album comes up, I'm just going to say Christmas. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll play the clip. And the number. All right. So I said number two, Pentatonix Christmas, Christmas. What? All right. Number seven, Christmas. I'm not playing the clip every time because it's going to be like 60 yeah. times. Yeah. Number eight, Christmas. God damn it. <laughs> number 11, Christmas. Number 14, Christmas. You right, bastard! Number 21 is another Christmas one. You said you stopped! <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do it. I mean, that's just the majority of the list right now. Can't now. stop, won't well, stop. Thing is, here's the funny one. We, we've been mentioning Garth Brooks ever since he came out with that 10-disc box set at Target. But he's been, on, he's been on like the Metallica level of marketing trains here because he had a new Christmas album come out that's one of the ones that are up there in the top. And he has a new album out called Gunslinger that debuts at number 25 this week. So he is 
right back in the forefront of being the bane of my existence. I have never heard the word, the name Garth Brooks and the word funny in the same sentence unless you're saying it's funny how much Garth Brooks sucks. <laughs> never mention him again on my podcast. He's on the list. <laughs> you just made the list. You're on the list, Brooks. He's got friends in low places, though. Oh, t- <laughs> wow. Wait a again. No. again, second time. You're on there twice. I'm just saying that something was way to too fast to come up with something like that. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to go home and go back to sleep. I don't think you're gonna, these these horrendous lines yeah. that you're saying are gonna keep me up. Yeah, your heart rate's already elevated, yeah, so you seriously. may as well. I'm be sitting there grumbling in my sleep. Motherfucker, <laughs> stupid gut brooks bullshit gut sucker. Twenty six Christmas. <laughs> 29, Christmas, 31, Christmas. I'm serious, too. That's, what, that's what's going on here. Uh, Forever by Prince. I think it's one of the uh, newer, greatest hits. Um, yeah, actually, I saw that at Target the other, the other day. So. It's at number 35, up from number 80. Oh, so no, that, okay. that's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, Mariah Carey, Christmas. Um, number 41 is The Ghost of Christmas Eve, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's the newest one. Up from 66, so they're on the uptick here. The Charlie Brown Christmas uh, soundtrack is at number 46. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. I love that one. Oh, man. This is not going to be good. Because seriously, <laughs> you, you, dude. You already started off pretty fucking poorly. The next three. 54, 55, 56. Christmas. Three hours later. Pretty much. Uh, the new one from Sting is still in the top 100 at 86. The newest one from Larry Cohen is still in the top 100 at number 87. The stage, you know, that one that hasn't been marketed well? It's at number 88. Shots fired. <laughs> I'm fucking fire this one. Yeah. The new one from Green Day is at number 94. Hold on, hold on. you're going to need this clip. Let me, let, me, let, me just, let me help you out a little bit here, buddy. You're going to need this. And his name is John C. <laughs> <laughs> All right, slate clean. Nobody hates you anymore. All right, well, get ready again because uh, number one, 103, 104, 105 are all Christmas. All right, Red Hot Chili Peppers is at 108. Still in the top 200 with their newest one. Damn it, this one gets me twice in a row because I remember I keep on saying about Eric Church and I keep on saying, thinking it's Metal Church. Mm. There's another one right underneath that says Mercy Me and I think Merciful Fate. So I get double fucked. All right, Skillet is on the charts at 124. Here's one. The Black Album was at 128, down from 88. Legend of Johnny Cash is at 135, up from 185. I know this is not a good. Uh, here's one for Pete. Disturbed, immortalized at 149. Oh, still in snap. there. Still in there. Journey's greatest hits at 164 because you know Journey. You know the t- the two times that Dan saw uh, Bon Jovi for 300 bucks a piece, <laughs> probably funded this next album because it's at 166. It was 120 a piece, you punk bitch. Whatever you spent 300 dollars on Bon Jovi. 240. Twice. Uh, yeah. So 400. So it's even worse. No, wait. Yeah. Well, Shut up. I had to buy the ticket for somebody else, too. Shut up. <laughs> Queen's Greatest Hits 1, 2, and 3 are back on the charts after not being on last week at 169. Corn the Serenity of Suffering is at 172. The Essential Leonard Cohen is at 173. The Best of Bob Marley and the Wailers is at 174. Abbey Road by the Beatles is at 176 after not being on the charts at all. Instant Christmas is at 177. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Insane Clown Posse. No, like, In Sync Christmas. 
Right, Train Set being Orchestra, Christmas Eve, and other stories at 178 after not being on the charts all last week. We don't have nearly as many albums on the charts as they did last year. Last year they had like six at this time. Who? Trans Siberian Orchestra. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was. Beatles won the greatest hits is back on the charts at 188. Oh, here's the third one from the Trans Siberian Orchestra. The Lost, The Lost Christmas Eve, 191. I think that was the one from last year. It was. Oh, yeah, they're. Yeah, yeah. And there's absolutely nothing of relevance to round out the top 200 for us. Yep. Yeah, that was a bad... That, well, I mean, it's expected. It's, it's that time of year. We have yeah. no albums coming out. It's expected. It's Christmas. I mean, have you seen... Like, I'm pretty sure that they're, they're completely skipping over um, the last release day of the year. Like, there's nothing coming out on the 29th. It's it's New Year's Eve, or pretty much New Year's... Yeah. But, but even so, like... I, I'm, yeah. just, I'm really surprised. Like, the next two weeks, I think there's a total of maybe five things coming out. And And... Skateboard hasn't been updated since November twenty third. I think I think normally they take a they, they take, take the month, month off. They take a month at the end of the year off. That's why I think I remember that from last year. Too. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I think what, what we've got thus far pretty much is is it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that means we're not going to do a top three of, no, of December. I'm going to do a top three. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck we're going to talk about it in in in, in, in January. January. Anyway, um, we're going to go to the hard rock albums. And remember, last week it went up to twenty five. So this one it goes up to twenty five, not fifteen. So number one. Metallica, hardwired to self-destruct. Number two with the star is The Ghost of Christmas Eve by trans Siberian Orchestra. Oh, snap. Number three, you know, I guess the marketing is working for the stage by Avenged Sevenfold. Number four is Skillet Unleashed. Number five is a new one from a band called Icon for Hire. The album's called You Can't Kill Us. They are the Grimace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, number six is Corn the Serenity of Suffering. Number seven is Disturbed Immortalized. Number eight, 6 a.m. Prayers for the Blessed, Volume 2. Number nine is a new one from Bisto Blanco. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Number 10 is a band called Highly Suspect with the album The Boy Who Died Wolf. Meh. Number 11 is Five Finger Death Punch. Gotcha 06. No, 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 Still doesn't count. <laughs> Number 12 is I Prevail, Lifelines. Number 13, The Pretty Reckless, Who You Selling For. Number 14 is Disturbed Again with their Disturbed Live at Red Rocks. That just came out too, I think. That, that was last week. Yeah. Or two weeks ago. It was first on the charts last week. Uh, number 15 is The Lamb of God, The Duke EP. Um, Seal the Deal Unless Boogie is out. Number 16, Low Beat. Number 17 is Shine Down, Threat to Survival. Number 18, A Day to Remember, Bad Vibrations. Number 19, Testament, Brotherhood of the Snake. Sweet. A Wild Chuck Billy appears. Number 20 Something. is Alter Bridge, The Last Hero. Number 21, Machine Gun, The Fillmore East, first show, uh, December 31st, 1969, by Jimi Hendrix. Number 22, Prayers for the Dying, Prayers for the Dan, Volume 1, by 6 a.m. Number 23, The North Corridor, by Chevelle. Number 24, a new release, live. Facelift EP out by Alice in Chains. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. And rounding out the top 25 heavy metal or hard rock albums on Billboard is Megadeth Dystopia. You guys finish the podcast. I'm going to buy that fucking EP. <laughs> <laughs> but that is heavy metal in the charts. Nobody tells me this shit. I think next week what we'll do is we'll start from 25 and go up to one. Okay. 
Yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do Billboard Top 200 from one to 200, but we'll do 25 to one on the Hard Rock one. I'm actually kind of upset because uh, we made so many mentions of that whole Avenged Sevenfold marketing thing uh-huh. um, that I actually have a clip that would be great for it. So I just realized that made no sense. God damn it! Why did I think that plan made sense? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> Like That's that, brilliant. That would have been the ideal point to play that clip. Yeah, seriously. So, seriously, dude. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's it for Heavy Metal in the Charts. It was a very obvious list. <laughs> Mediocre. <sighs> Christmas. You know what's the worst? Um, what is the worst? The absolute worst. There's one particular Christmas song I absolutely hate. And I probably mentioned this before. And it's uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh, the, the super rapey song. Yeah, yeah, it's super super rapey song. Very rapey. Not just the subject matter is is terrible, but when I was working in a, in a recording studio on Long Island for oh. my internship, uh, somebody came in to sing that song, and the female vocalist was great. She sounded great. She looked great. Everything about her was perfect. But her partner was who played the keyboard parts, and he was a great um, you know piano player. He's awesome at that. But he had a cold, and his voice was nasally to begin with. Uh-huh. And we had to sing, they sang that song over and over again, and it was awful. I fucking hate this next tune. I really fucking hate it. And now the worst is at the gym that I work out of, uh, they turn on Christmas music. And I was at the gym for two hours the other day. I heard the song, that song, three fucking times. It was on when I walked in, it was on in the middle of your workout, yep. and it was on during my workout. It's awful. It was fucking the worst thing ever. Sorry for the tangent, but that song is just death to me. <laughs> All right, so next segment we're going to move on to is I Saw a Show. Guys, tell me about the show you saw last night. Blow me. <laughs> Blow me. So, we were supposed to go see this it was billed as a pretty awesome concert. I will say this. Stack, like, so. I mean, it was Children of Bodom, Abbath, Ex Mortis, and Oni. Yeah. Right. All bands that we are fans of to some degree and would have been really excited to see. Show was supposed to start, or at least doors opened at 7.30 last the night. Was at 7 and the show was supposed to start at 7.30, according to the... The Facebook page. I, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Then I was already running late. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm already missing the show, but apparently I was really missing the show. Uh, so, yeah. I, I don't know what the... This was at the Aztec Theater in, in downtown San Antonio, and I don't know what was going on last night. Um, I don't know if it's just a mix of the holiday traffic, uh, construction, whatever it may have been, but... Downtown was in shambles. I mean, it was impossible to get into the heart of downtown because traffic was just at an absolute standstill. I was at one light. I forget. It was up the street from like, I don't remember where it was now. I was entering fucking downtown and I was at a light for 30 minutes. Like it would go like if at least it felt like 30 minutes, it would go like red, green. I was green. I wasn't moving. Then it would just go red again. Yep. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? There's, like, there was no way you could move. Yeah, and there's and absolutely no parking. No park. Oh, my God. Even, like, the parking lots on the outskirts of downtown, which are normally, like, empty and, like, don't charge as much, 
were like fucking gouging prices and were packed. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? I went into one of those parking lots thinking I could get a, a space. I got trapped in there because there was no fucking like parking. People were being assholes and not leaving, right? So hoping that a space would open up. And oh, it was just a nightmare. Like I, It's the worst I've ever seen downtown. I, I've lived here practically my whole life, and I've never seen downtown like that before. Maybe it's been like that before during the holidays, and maybe I don't come That's out that often. Like, I've never been down there during Christmas. But I've honestly never seen it like that, and it was awful. And it, like Chris, like about like what? Like an I was about I was probably about seven forty seven forty five. Yeah, I was in a parking lot messaging you, trying to get out of one because I was in line yeah. to get See? out of yes. a parking lot. Yes, a parking lot that I didn't park at. I was yeah. in a line to get out from. Yeah, and I just messaged Pete. I was like, dude, I don't even have a ticket. I don't want to. I don't want to pay the extra price to get in at this point. I don't even. I'm just not up for this. Yeah, like Plus it, the weather sucked. It's cold and it's rainy. It was just shitty. All that night. was the thing too. Like the option was to park like way at the fucking highway parking and walk all the way. And in that weather, I wasn't gonna do it. Like, yeah, it didn't feel up to it. About the situation was was right. And like. Yeah, so Chris, you know, messaged me around 745. I was like, you know what? I'm still going to try to do this because I have a ticket. I was like, maybe I can catch a bus still. But that's right when I pulled into the parking lot and got trapped. I was like, this is hell on earth. <laughs> and I'm not, I can't do, I can't deal with it. Like, I'm just, I'm the type of person that doesn't have a high tolerance for traffic like that. And I didn't want to deal with it coming back out yeah, potentially. Social anxiety was kind of kicking in. Like, I didn't want to deal <laughs> yeah. with people. You know. uh, yeah. This is, this is been the time a... of day where we need that Danny Glover clip. Like, I'm too old for this yeah. shit. Yeah. It's, it's... has to die and it's going to be you. Yeah. Yes. It's, been, it's been pretty infrequent where the social anxiety kicks in. But that, that night, for some reason, it was just like a combination of everything. It was enough to make me say, it, I'm going to skip this. It reminded me of, like, of an area like downtown New York, which is what I moved away from. That's how congested and terrible it felt, and I, it was all that old. <laughs> yeah, it was way too. It was much. horrible. Yeah, there was no way that was going to happen. So, pretty sure the show was awesome, but I did not get to go see yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, so we'll find YouTube clips on it uh, later on. Um, so I'm I'm really glad that I didn't go then because I am not a nice person when it comes to any no. sort of misstep on the road. You uh, would have burned all of downtown yeah, down. I've, like, I've, I've blown my voice yelling in my car at a person who was simply just going too slow. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Exactly it, it, that's what, what that kind of traffic turns you into. Like, I've... Even when it's, like, a fraction of that bad, like, people, like, just start yelling at each other, trying to get out of, like, you know, parking lots and stuff. I mean... And it's it's weird because you don't think of like that people are like that in San Antonio, but they're fucking assholes downtown. Like well, it's downtown, it turns you into an asshole. Also touristy, so it's not just San Antonio. Oh, that's people, yeah, that's everybody. a that's a very good point. Yeah. So you know you got you got misplaced New Yorkers like me and Dan, <laughs> New Yorkers who are down there for the quaintness of San Antonio. It's. I, I've said this before, as far as as driving goes, like a lot of people back in New York, they drive like assholes. People out here drive fucking stupid. Yeah, stupid. Like, they are yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like unnecessarily I, aggressive. Like, like not, not, not even aggressive, because, like, unnecessarily aggressive I've seen in New York and everything. Like, you get a little bit of that here. Just there's a lot of stupidity. Yeah, it's like, like for, for me, my personal least favorite area ever is um, 1604. Because, number one, it's just two lanes. Yeah. And people don't know how to fucking merge here. 
at all. No. And I I, I specifically go into the left-hand lane no matter how slow or fast it's going only because I don't want to be in the merging lane because that is just – it's awful. And that was just exacerbated in the tightness that is downtown. Yeah, one thing I've noticed that people have this thing here. I don't know. I Maybe you guys could tell me because you have driven elsewhere. But, like, I don't know if it's, like – like separation anxiety or something in in San Antonio, like they just they have to all like clump together. Like, oh I, god, yes. Have y'all noticed this? Yes. Like, like they it's can't. The worst. It's the worst. Like, there can be like an open fucking like three lanes of like highway and There's clear a passage, like cars together. and they all have to like one has to get to my left, one has to get in front of me, one has to get to my right, and I can't like change lanes. Yeah. I can't change speed. Yeah. It's like why? There's a whole open road here. I've, I've, Rachel, who just started driving, noticed the same fucking it's thing. Really it's really bizarre. It's really, really bizarre. Sorry this turned into a Texas traffic, uh, <laughs> traffic <laughs> chat. For... Honestly, I can make an entire podcast, a weekly podcast about about driving and just gripe about the same thing every yeah. week. I'd be just fine. We um, probably get a lot of listeners, too. <laughs> We should do that. We should do like early morning podcasts. Like, Are you pissed off about your traffic situation? God damn, this traffic uh, sucks. Uh, well, let's just sum it up. Stop being stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. Stop being stupid. Anyway, um, so you guys couldn't go see that show. And no. I'm glad I didn't go downtown to see that because I would have flipped as many shits as I could. Um, all of the shits. Yeah, all yeah. Of the it shits. was bad. It, it put me in a foul mood the rest of the night. Yeah, I was not happy at all. Yeah, so um, I didn't want to go see the show. And so happened that on the same night um, – there was a San Antonio local band show going on. So first I'm going to start off by saying it's that it was at Papa Woody's Roadhouse. Haven't been there yet. It's like way downtown. Like I had to get onto 410 and take the loop all the way down. Oh, fuck that. There's no way I would have been coming back to that one then. It was – no, it, it was – it was – okay. I went I, – I got off of 410, took the road. Uh, it's uh, south – Presa, whatever it is. So it was on the south side. Yeah. Mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm sitting there driving down the road, and it's like in one thousand feet, your your destination's here. I'm like, where? There's nothing here. And it tells me to make a turn, and I'm like, there's nothing. There's nothing. I turned into a motel. I, I went past it by accident. And, <laughs> and so I'm 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 exiting out of the motel to find it. I look over to my left, and I'm like. Is is that it over there? And suddenly the marquee lights up. I was like, "This is horror movie shit right here." Whoa, man! <laughs> like the marquee was off until I had gotten to that point. Uh, welcome to Papa Bates Motel. <laughs> Seriously, it was fucking weird. And, and like, I, I, I go back to go toward the the venue, and like, aside from the marquee, nothing else is lit up. It's dark as fuck. So I finally. This is not starting off very good. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It, it sounds it sounds like I'm gonna die. <laughs> At least I'm not downtown right now. <laughs> um, so I walk into the venue, and it's one of the places we went to. Retox. It's kind of like that uh, atmosphere inside. You remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, um, but just out in the middle of nowhere. So the show was sanctioned by the San Antonio All Original Musical Talent. I believe that's the name of the the, the uh, yeah the thing. Original talent. There's Original an, there's talent. An yeah. There. yeah. But it was run by that group and uh, Sharon Perkins, Sharon who Perkins, has told us about yeah. a couple of shows before. Um, and actually, she made the suggestion uh, of us catching the opening band for the night, um, Enceladus, which I had pronounced it uh, Enceladus. So so already I was having a good night as far as like, oh, I'm here to see these guys. <laughs> 
So she had suggested them months ago, um, and the last time they played, we I think we had another show come up or something like that that we couldn't we couldn't go catch them. So I I get in there, and uh, this is this is the part where where the the Clark Kent effect comes in, um, because I am not recognized without my top hat or without you. <laughs> um, so I walked in and, and got my uh, paid and got my bracelet uh, to to drink and everything, and I was not recognized. <laughs> So uh, I watch. I go over. I sit down. I watch the uh, the first band play. I have the top hat in like in my hand. Essentially, I hadn't been wearing it. Um, I watch the band, and then I go after their after their first band. So I go sit in the back, and I had the top hat on. And then Sharon comes up to me and says, "I did not even know that you were here. Like I, I didn't realize that was you." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that's that's fine. It's like, wow, you're bald. <laughs> Eat me, dude. <laughs> um, which is funny because it made me think of uh, it made me think of an old Homestar Runner thing where he's talking about like the really big wrestler guy and the the little friend he has. It's like <laughs> the strong man and the cheat. One of them's really big and the other one's really little. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how we're viewed. <laughs> we need that clip now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna get that clip. Um, but anyway, the opening band uh, was my main reason for going there, uh, Enceladus. And you know, I'd been seeing stuff about them being power metal, one of like the, the better power metal bands in a, in a long time, all that kind of stuff. And they were fucking awesome. The energy exuded by all members of the band was fucking amazing. The reason that they had been suggested to us was because um, their guitarist, uh, Gio, played for Jessica. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He played for Jessica for the show that we had filmed back in May or April. Uh, yeah, so we, that's that's why they came suggested to us. And after seeing the band live, could not have gotten a better guy because he's fucking amazing. It was power metal in the same vein as like maybe like some older Halloween, but with deeper vocals. Not necessarily like Andy Darris territory, but just a, a, a deeper, uh, still able to soar kind of voice. But man, these guys were great. And after they after their set was done, I got a chance to talk to the the singer. The bass player gave me a uh, copy of the CD for the cost of a drink, <laughs> so, I, so I bought him a drink. I uh, got the guys to sign it and everything, got to say hello to all of them. Very, very happy to have seen them, and I'm definitely, you guys are definitely going to see them next time they come around. I think, from what they were saying, their next set show is February, but they're going to try to get something sooner. The only thing was, um, their, setting up the sound was pretty rough for them because... Um, I guess somebody had turned all the knobs up to 10 and then turned on the sound system and it just blew up. <laughs> that, nice. And I'm that's, sitting there next to the speakers like, awesome. why did I sit here of all places? Why am I fucking here? And like I said, I picked up the CD, um, or I got the CD from them, uh, and I was listening to it last night, and man, it's just, they are really fucking good. Um, I'm going to start, I'm probably going to end up pushing these guys like we did Jessica earlier in the year, uh, just because I was very much impressed. So, second band that came up was Target 7. We had seen them a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, like, during their set, I had been talking to the guys from um, Enceladus for a little while, so I didn't catch their entire set. More, more impressive now, because now we've seen them and everything, so now I, I always prepare for what they, they've played, and um, they had a longer set to play. Uh, each band got 45 minutes. Oh, wow. About, about 45 minutes or so. So, they had more of a chance to, you know, to shine. Their guitar and bass solo was fucking awesome. Um, they covered instead of covering Green Man Alishi this time, they covered Man of the Silver Mountain, Oof, nice. um, and they just they killed it. They were f they were again fucking great, um, and I look forward to catching these guys again in the future just because um, 
I'm very much impressed. Uh, I don't know if they... I, I need to look more and see if they have anything like available as far as a CD goes. Because um, I actually am friends with the guitar player on Facebook. So I'm going to have to be like, yo, what's, what's going on? Bye. Third band that came up was called Zero the Hero. And as they were setting up, the first thing that came to mind um, was they had something that the uh, the first two bands could benefit from, and that is a second guitar player. Mm. Um, I know that Target 7 is looking for another guitar player, and I thought that uh, Enceladus was supposed to be a, a two-guitar thing, but both of them had just I think one. I remember when we looked up Target 7, we were covering them after the first time we saw them, that they had a second guitarist, and they recently... Uh, were in search of one. Yeah, yeah. There's, there, I saw something recently, like definitely saying that where they were they were searching for one. But um, they both, you know, could have benefited from you know the the guitar harmonies that mm-hmm. Zero the Hero had in Spades. Pretty similar to to Target Seven, they kind of both hit the territory of '80s rock and metal. So a little bit of the Iron Maiden, some Queensrÿche feel to it, uh, just with a little bit more speed to it. Um, but again, this is my first time catching them. You know, uh, I. From the name alone, I would have figured, okay, this guy, these guys are a Black Sabbath tribute or something like that. Um, but no, these guys were really good. And again, having it be the one band of the night that had the, the, the dual harmony thing, I kind of gave them a little bit more of a step up for the, for the night. And then um, I originally hadn't planned to stay this long. I was actually going to leave after um, Enceladus and Target 7 because those are the ones that like, I really came to see. Um, but I had been talking to Sharon... Uh, earlier in the night, and she had said that she got the, the these guys, the infamous, uh, from from Dallas. She had uh, found them on some sort of online forum or something like that, and said they were really good. And um, she said she would hook them up with the show, and that was tonight. So I was like, okay, I'll stick around and, and check them out. Not intended to be a bad thing, but they were out of place. Um, the rest, the the first three bands were you know power metal, metalish thing, uh, whatnot. These guys were more rock oriented, a little more blues oriented, kind of verging on like stoner rock, stoner metal. Yeah. So not 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 in the same vein at all. But I'm not saying that's bad. They were actually really goddamn good. It was a three piece, a couple of young looking guys just playing some really good groove laden stuff. Occasionally, like you you you'd hear them just playing a track, and then you'd hear something that you would expect to hear on on one of your like 70s rock group like the, the throwbacks that you guys are really into nowadays oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, Royal Thunder yeah, or, yeah. yeah like they'll, 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 Honeymoon they'll break disease. out like a, a riff for a couple of seconds and then cut right back into what they're doing um, so the full package is just it's really good the only thing I would say um, a lot of times I'm listening to it and because it's got that bluesy feel they, they could benefit from different vocalists like more of a um, like a James Dewar vocalist vocalist for Robin Trower uh-huh. they could they could do well with something like that but the guys vocalists uh, the guys vocals are actually really good for what they are basically I was listening to the, the EP on the way here and it's just they're just really fucking good um, again despite being out of place technically they were they were great at the end of the show I spoke to the, the singer slash guitar player you know I got, got my 11 by 17 poster because that's that's how I roll now um, picked up the EP and everything, and it's funny because uh, I actually ended up not paying for it. The um, you remember uh, the guy from Rockin' Texas? Yes, yes, yes. he's so uh, zombies. Uh, yeah, I had been talking to him for a little bit, and uh, they didn't have like I had twenties, you know, so I, they couldn't make change. Mm-hmm. So the guy's like, "Oh, what are you getting?" And he hands him a ten, and I'm like, "Yes." So I owe that guy. <laughs> I will never see him again. <laughs> uh, no, because he's at, he's at a lot of the shows we uh, go to. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely be seeing him. I'll, Pretty often, but uh, I owe him. I'm saying that right here, right now. 
It's like a verbal contract. I owe you stuff. <laughs> verbal contract here and now. Confirmed. <laughs> so let me recap. All four of the bands that I saw last night uh, were fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> and I will be catching them as many times as I can going forward. I unfortunately did not catch the last band of the night. Uh, by the time that... Um, by the time that I was getting everything done and getting picking up all the stuff from the infamous, uh, it was twelve thirty, and um, I had to wake up and come here. <laughs> well, no wonder you such a grumbly bitch. We're gonna move on to our discussion. Do we have time for our discussion? Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait you got social media highlight here from wait, Pete. Wait, He's prepared. So, this last week I found a band on Spotify called Violet Cold. They are a one-man experimental black metal group out of Azerbaijan. Um, this guy is a very prolific artist. He has something like 35-something-odd releases on his Bandcamp page. He plays all these different instruments. Guy is just amazing. latest album is called Magic Night and it's uh, being considered for best black metal album among different corners of the internet and after listening to the album it's really not that surprising um, this is a purely instrumental ambient album of the post black metal and black gaze variety and while comparisons to Death Heaven and All Set will be inevitable because of this uh, Violet Cold is setting himself apart with an album that is much more spacey and melancholic than what those aforementioned bands have released lately um, despite uh, not featuring any vocals, uh, the layers of instruments on each track uh, serve to build a very beautiful um, atmosphere and sound. Uh, there are sporadic blast, beat, the sporadic blast beats are accompanied by these grief-stricken guitar melodies and forlorn choral elements, um, somber piano, and interludes round out the plaintive soundscape. And we've discussed before on this show the talent behind so many of these one-man bands, and Violent Cold is no exception. In fact, he may be the most universal genius of the genre playing a myriad of instruments and mixing and producing all his own material to such a high standard. Um, it kills me that I don't have a fraction of his creativity, but I'm glad that he so freely shares all his work with the world so that we don't miss out. And you can check it all out on his Bandcamp page. It's violetcold.bandcamp.com. Um, and also on Facebook at Facebook uh, slash Violet Cold Official. All right, so let's go on to um, our discussion for the week, which is the announcement of Grammy nominations, <laughs> which I know around this time last year we had plenty to talk about with the Grammys. Uh, I think this year we have a little bit more to, a little more venom to throw. Uh, so, Chris, you can start it off with uh, the information. All right, well, we're going to start off and we'll just go category by category here. All right, so the nominees are in for the 59th Annual Grammy Awards, which will be handed out on Sunday, February 12th. 
here's some relevant categories to us. First off is best metal performance. Baroness, Shock Me. Gojira, Silvera. Corn, Rotting in Vain. Megadeth, Dystopia. And Periphery, The Price is Wrong. Bitch. I'm okay with all that. Yeah, the metal one they got pretty right. It's the next category. The next two categories. Uh, the next three categories. Yeah, go, go, with, go through the categories because I, I have one thing to say about the metal ones. All right. Well, the next one is Best Rock Performance. All right. Alabama Shakes. Joe, live from Austin City Limits. Beyonce, Don't Hurt Yourself, featuring Jack White. David Bowie, Black Star. Disturbed, The Sound of Silence, live on Conan. And 21 Pilots, Heathens. That's Best Rock Performance. You want me to go through all the categories? Yeah, go through all okay. the categories. Cause... All right. The next is Best Rock Song. Best Rock Song. David Bowie, Black Star. Radiohead, Burn the Witch. Metallica, Hardwired. 21 Pilots, Heathens, and Highly Suspect, My Name is Human. Best Rock Album. Blink-182, California. Cage the Elephant, Tell Me I'm Pretty. Gojira, Magma. Panic at the Disco, Death of a Bachelor. Weezer, Self-Titled. Self-titled album they have. Okay, first of all, um, as much as I did enjoy Baroness, the fact that you have Baroness on the metal chart or the metal list and Metallica on the rock one, yeah, that should, yeah. that should be swapped. Absolutely, that's that's my that's my first thought, and that, that's the first thing that Metal Sucks even said. It's yeah, like the first time Metallica actually releases something that's undeniably metal, and they're they're nominated for rock. Well, thank God Jethro Tull didn't release an album this year. Yeah, well, we've been saying that for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, secondly, um, I know everyone's going to point out the whole thing with, uh, I know David Draymond already did, the whole thing with Beyonce on there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know anything from Beyonce. I don't know Yes, this. you do. You've heard things in the background. Okay, okay. You know the songs. Not, aside from Single Ladies, that's the only song <laughs> I can really say I know. And the only reason I know that is because of that fucking SNL thing with Justin Timberlake. Um, but I don't know this song in particular, and because it's considered to be a performance thing, and Jack White's there, maybe they made a rock version of it, and or maybe it's. In, I don't know. It just it just feels like they're they're putting her in categories that she doesn't belong in, so she can just get more. That yeah, I mean. I mean, to go to Dan's point, we, uh, to be honest, I haven't heard that song either. And for all we know, it could very well be a rock track. Um, I don't like. I'm torn between like being fair and saying, well, if it was a rock song, I mean, we, you know, fine, Beyonce. But uh, also, it's Beyonce. She doesn't. I don't know that she would necessarily consider herself a rock artist. Oh, I, I don't know? think like, she would at so, all. I, think, I mean, it seems like the only reason that they're including it is because Jack White's there. Yeah, because her, her album isn't listed under like rock albums and everything, so it just happens to be a rock song. Um, but yeah, and even like it's 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 listed under performances, but not rock songs. And you also, if you think about rock performances too, I mean, they have live performances here too. That, they specifically, are they uh, disturbs cover of the sound of sounds from their performance of Conan, right? And also Alabama Shakes from their uh, Austin City Limit show. So I would say if Beyonce was not on that list, Disturbed would take the Grammy. Oh, absolutely! Immediately. The fact sure. of the matter is, is that 
I like I said, it, I think they're just trying to drag people into the rock genre by bringing her into it for some reason. I don't get it. I mean, she's not a rock performer. Even if it's a rock song, mm. she's not a rock performer. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't belong in the category to begin with. That would be like if, you know, uh, what's their, what, if Disturbed made like a pop song, you think you're going to put them on a pop nomination? Absolutely not. You're not going to do that. Well, they would. Sure. Why not? I don't think it, yeah, no. I, I, it's, it's commercialized, and they're gonna put them under whatever they, whatever it sounds like. Yeah, you don't think they're gonna, they're, I don't, I don't think so because they'll look at the back catalog. Like, no, this person is not a pop musician. He wrote a pop song. That I don't get it. By that mentality, the Metallica, Metallica being on the rock one. Yeah, then kind of our argument goes out the window. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't get it. I don't so, like it. Um, the thing is, then this one is called best rock song. Metallica wrote a metal song, and now it's a rock song. This is just the, just taking the song as a whole, like it's uh, by itself. I don't know. This always just goes back <clears throat> to our discussion about like award shows in general. Like, I mean, Grammys have always had weird, fucking decisions and choices like this. Like, well, it, wasn't it, it last year that this, that Tenacious D mm. won the best metal award for their for their song, or it was two years ago? Move the mic closer to you. Uh, and yes, that was last year, I believe. Um, which, yeah, that was that was pretty, that was pretty silly. And we also had a problem with it being a cover song. Which, if Disturbed wins with their cover song, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they have a, they have a tendency to do that too. Because didn't Motorhead win a Grammy for their performance of Whiplash? Yeah. Um, another thing I want to point out here too. Um, hmm. With. You have Gojira on best metal performance, and then they're on the best uh, rock album. Best rock album. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Uh, and the funny thing is that I don't think any of these are the ones that get televised. Of course not. Wow. So Un- unless it's like unless Metallica wins, <laughs> then maybe. no. Even then, it probably won't get televised. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like the aside from Metallica being on uh, the rock song category, like the rest of that is. Pretty okay. Ghost won last year. Best, yeah, yeah for they best won metal last year mm-hmm. for best metal performance. Um, it was the year before that I think Tenacious D won. Either way, either way. Um, okay, so so looking at best rock album, take out Gojira, the rest of it sounds fine. It mm-hmm. sounds sounds pretty normal for for modern rock. Mm-hmm. Just surprised some of the names like like what year is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Blink One Eight Two, fuck them. I don't know anything about Cage the Elephant. Panic at the Disco, like, they're still a thing. Yeah, apparently. And, and Weezer, I didn't think that Weezer still had any sort of, like, commercial clout at this point. Like, they still churn out albums, but I didn't think that anybody... I, I'm also kind of disappointed that, yes, they do a best metal performance. What about best metal album? Yeah, they... they, they I mean, probably... they do a rock performance, they do a rock song, and then they do a rock album, and they do one metal category. Is that really it? Because it wasn't... I... I think there was two other categories that like there was an alternative album, and I think there was another one. Well, because last year Ghost won for Church off of uh, um, Meliora, so. But the thing is, they won for Best Metal Performance. I think was that performance. I I think so. Oh wow! I didn't even realize. Huh. But still, they only they have like like I said, best rock performance, best rock song, best rock album, and then there's two other categories that didn't put on here. I think one was best alternative, and something else, and they only have one category specifically for metal, and it doesn't make much. Yeah, it, it just it's really, really stupid. 
Yeah. Um, but okay, well, seeing that we we're, we're kind of stuck with the nominations that we have here, let's take let's take bets on who's going to win what. Uh, Best metal performance here. Um, all things considered, I think Baroness might take it. I would think, yeah. Uh, they, I'd, they, I'd, yeah. They, just they, just given past track records, because last year Ghost won it, and he they beat out a couple of the bigger name acts. Baroness seems to be the, the likely choice. Well, considering the, the they the album was pushed pretty hard. Yeah. Um, it had a good it had a good marketing campaign, unlike some other bands out there. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, I mean it's cool that a band like Periphery is is considered. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like the, the fact that they're considered there. That's that's cool on its Actually, own. Actually, I wasn't even expecting Gojira to be on here. Not only but for best metal, but for best rock album yeah. as, as a whole. Yeah, that's pretty. That's yeah. pretty significant. Yeah. Corn um, being on there, Megadeth being on there. That's that's. Those are your standbys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and since this is about specific <coughs> songs, nice, um, like I'm actually I, kind of disappointed that Anthrax isn't on this list. Yeah. For For All Kings or Breathing Lightning. Mm-hmm. And the song that they picked for Megadeth is not necessarily one of the better tracks on the album. Yeah, no. Like they just picked the title track, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some, some better ones on there. Um, the Korn track is good, but, I mean, I, I think that, like, every year that Korn makes an album, they're going to appear on the nominations list. I don't know if they've ever won, have they? I don't think so. I don't know, but I, it's just kind of, like, par for the course at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, so the three that are a little bit more random... Are awesome to see, but I think Baroness is going to take it. Yeah. So, best rock performance. Best rock performance. I consider the fact that it's on there. I have a feeling Beyonce is going to take it. Yeah. And I yeah. think That's going to just send shockwaves. Yeah. And and if, what the fuck are you guys doing? And if it's not them, I think Disturbed will take it's, it. It's going to be Disturbed. Although I have been hearing a lot of things about Twenty One Pilots. I've been hearing a lot of things about them too. Um, so that one's a little bit tougher. Um, but again, considering that this is not like a fan voted thing, this is, you know, this is some dudes behind behind doors in suits. Um, I really think it's going to be Beyonce. Yeah. So we should we should we should write these down and 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 make something out of this. We don't have to realize I actually write it down. I'm, I can go back and listen to oh. it later on. <laughs> oh, you actually listen to this? <laughs> I have to edit the fucker. <laughs> all, right, um, all right, all right, all right, all right. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think sometime in the near in the in the future we'll we'll make up some sort of stipulation. We'll like we'll make our own list and see what happens. Um, best so rock song. Best rock song. Considering what I said about Twenty One Pilots, I feel like they're going to take that one. Yeah. It'd be good to see Metallica win. They don't need the win. They don't need it. Um, especially considering the the spot they've been put in because it's a rock song territory. Um, Dave, David Bowie posthumously I'd love to see David winning. Bowie posthumously yeah, that'd be pretty cool um, that'd be that'd be cool and everything but um, I'm not expecting it Radiohead I do not expect to win a Grammy no they probably I, don't even want a, a as, Grammy as so. much as I adore Radiohead I don't expect him to win a Grammy here and I don't know the last one so I would say probably between the last two yeah I, I have a feeling that's going to be 21 Pilots yeah. um, and then for best rock album it's definitely not going to be Gojira Definitely not going to be Definitely Gojira. Definitely not going to be Gojira. Uh, I don't know anything about Cage the Elephant. I I have not heard anything about Panic at the Disco in Gears. So I'm surprised they actually have something out and being considered. I also thought they were like a one-hit wonder or something. They they were they were like Fall Out Boy light. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty that's bad because Fall Out Boy blows. <laughs> I 
I'm an honest man. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm on the fence with them because some songs I do like, but like for the most part, it's like, guys, just stop, please. Um, I don't think Weezer's going to take it. Um, I, I'm really pushing toward Blink-182. I hate to say it because I fucking hate anything where Blink-182 is successful in some way. I, yeah. I mean, just looking at the the title of it's California, which is like the most generic thing to fucking write a song about at this point. And I haven't even listened to the song. So. If, you're gonna, if you're gonna write something with California in it, do like Californication. It's like that was fine. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I have a feeling that Blink One Eighty Two is gonna take it. I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna give ourselves a little bit of time to to really think about this, and we're gonna make up our own lists. And when the Grammys actually come around, you say who should have. Yeah. Like, we'll 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 we'll. we'll We'll make our lists. We'll go through it and see who wins and loses here, and then like whoever has the all-around losses, um, we'll make up some sort of losing bet for them. Mm. So, just for fun. Uh, but yeah, so those are our thoughts on the Grammys. On that note, we're gonna make our curtain call because Warrior needs food badly. Yes, uh, <sighs> you eat anything? Yet. No one brought breakfast today. Coffee is food. Coffee. We need food, food. Well, you can have food, food. I'm gonna eat some shit, but. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Give me pieces of shit breakfast. Thank you. I was going to say it. Uh, but, no. you know, <laughs> but you know what? I'm actually not even going to do the full spiel. I'm just going to say, until next time, I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And we are the Slime. Greetings, folks. Dan Mack here. Thank you for listening in, and be sure to keep up with all things Shred Shack by giving a like to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theshredshack. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes as well as on our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash theshredshack. Tune in to Pat and Reese's radio show for two hours of heavy metal music and banter, also streaming weekly on our Mixcloud page. More Shred Shack exploits can be found on our official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash theshredshack, where you can now find many of our top three videos, artist interviews, album reviews, and more. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash adamantstemplum, for similar content as well as my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare. For more up-to-the-minute news and updates from yours truly, you can follow my Twitter account at username NobisRedemptor. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for my adventures in fitness, nerd stuff, and this show. For fitness and nutrition coaching, check out my Facebook page, facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. Of course, you can always become my friend on Facebook where my posts tend to be lead-ins to the next podcast and, of course, more nerd stuff. And you can follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at AbyssalSun. 